I'm on the corner of Nostrand Avenue and Fulton Street, and it's raining. I just got off the A train. It's late in the afternoon, around 4 o'clock, and somehow, even though it's the kind of day that screams lazy Sunday, people are out and about. Umbrellas are up, people are walking around, and traffic, by no surprise for Fulton Street, is hectic. If Fulton Street rings a bell, you're probably thinking of Fulton Street Mall. Great shopping location, there's a lot of stores and a lot of foot traffic, but that's more in downtown Brooklyn. And it's a couple of more stops over on the A and C train. I'm in Bed-Stuy. I know this because just across the street, there is a holiday sign saying, Welcome to Bed-Stuy. It's December. The holiday season is upon us, and this banner repeats every other block or so to serve as decoration for the neighborhood. Originally, I was going to meet Elon at her house, but after some thought, a mild train delay, and lacking confidence in my own navigational skills, we decided that she would meet me at the subway station. Elon has lived in this area since 2008. She knows it well, but like me, she can agree that the neighborhood lines in Brooklyn can get a bit blurry. Just a couple of blocks ago, we were in Bed-Stuy, but technically, as we walk more towards her house, we're in Crown Heights. Nonetheless, this is her neighborhood. As we're walking to her place, and she's pointing out her go-to Whole Foods stores, former hair salons, and other tidbits of the street, she says one thing that kind of sums up how familiar she is with this neighborhood. I don't know if you can hear it. She says, welcome to my hood. <laughs> welcome to my hood. <laughs> I'm like so bad at like determining like where the neighborhood lines are. So when I saw that sign, I was like, okay. What? Um, welcome to my humble abode. Lovely. Oh, she's off? Yeah. I went to this one outside. Yeah. I'm glad I she and her family have lived in a couple of other places before this apartment, and this room by far is the biggest bedroom she's had. There's Naruto posters on her wall, and across the room, there's an anime collection of DVDs sitting on a shelf beneath her TV. Oh god, this is an anime household. It's actually ridiculous. I and love that. It's mostly my dad's fault. I don't know how, but we would watch Dragon Ball Z and then I would watch Sailor Moon with him sometimes, but I watched mostly by myself because it was like, you know, it's my girly anime shit. And, uh, but we would collect the VHSs. So like we had on display all the Dragon Ball Zs, but the, the bindings would create a pattern. Ooh, like how they do with the Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it would create a pattern. We had them on our very, on our old apartment, our, our older, older apartment. It had like, we would have it on display, but then when it got small. We didn't have space to like display it anymore, but it's like hidden somewhere in this house. Also, anywhere you look, you'll find throwback photos of Elon, her family, and her friends. I can tell they're all from different times throughout Elon's life, not just because she's clearly younger or older in the photos, but her hair looks different too. Right now, she has short locks with blue-green tips, but before that, she went through a couple of different styles. If you actually look behind you, you can see pictures of my hair being short. Like, and how long it actually was. Like, those are pictures from high school and some from, like, college. Oh, it was long. Yeah. Was, oh, but you did, like, you had, like, a half-shave moment. Yeah, that was senior year. But, like, the rest, before I shaved it, like, all my hair was that long. Whoa, look how long. Look at you and I Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Iconic. The corner, the picture in the top corner my hair was like gray at the tips 
I don't know if you can see it. You see it? Okay, yeah. It's very, like, it got kind of cut off, but, like... No, I see mm -hmm. it. But then on the corner of the other side, on the left, that was when I I first cut it. Like, I had to cut it maybe a few days before that. Wow. Because it was, like, my 18th birthday? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that was my 18th birthday at my house. Crazy. And it was like one of the first big, or like, yeah, one of the big gatherings of all my high school friends since we had gone to college. Wow. Mm-hmm. There are pictures of graduation on her wall. There are prom photos hanging on a shelf. And I even spot some photo booth prints in her room as well. Looking around, I would have guessed that she lived here since she was a kid. But her and her family moved into this apartment in 2015. That's the funny thing about living spaces. They change, you move, but somehow you still manage to bring along bits and pieces of yourself from your past. I do enjoy the space. I don't take advantage of it. I think it's it's overwhelming the amount of space I have in here. I tried not to get attached to it in the beginning because I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm like gonna be, I'm in my twenties now. I gotta move out. Like I'm gonna do it. And here we are many years later and still have it. But I plan on hopefully moving out next year if everything works out right. Um, so I'm like, I'm afraid to get too attached to this room. I'm afraid to make it my space. I don't want to feel like I, ha- I don't feel like I don't, I'm afraid to get attached and not want to leave it. But even though Elon's tried not to get too attached, she's definitely comfortable in this space. As she should be. It's her room. But before this was her room... She had a different room. She lived in a different apartment. She lived on a different street. And overall, things are just different compared to things now. And that Sunday evening, in her purple and spacious bedroom, that's what we talked about. Elon always had a good grasp of the New York City transportation system. She's been riding the subway since she was a kid. In order to get to school, she had to take the train with her dad. The commute was never more than 45 minutes, but I, because of the commute, I was always late or like close to being late. My dad would take me to school every morning, I think because it worked better with his work schedule. He really wanted me to be aware of the train systems. I don't, I think he just was aware as a child also. And he was, he grew up in New York as well. mm -hmm, Both my parents did. Um, So what would happen is my dad would say, so for the first week of school, I'm going to show you how to get to school. Then afterwards, you're going to show me how to get to school. So she knew how to get around at least to and from school since first grade. She never rode the train by herself because she was too little. She didn't take public transportation by herself until she was older. I didn't start actually being able or rather allowed to take public transportation by myself until I was like 10, 11. She attended dance classes after school. And these dance classes did not take place in the same building as her middle school. Because my parents couldn't, didn't have time to um, take that commute mm-hmm, to get me from there to my dance classes. They were just like, all right, I guess we're going to give her a cell phone and she's going to have to go by herself. I think my mom also felt more comfortable because I was already going to school with people who were already in the dance class with me. Got it. So, so it's like you had your train buddy. Exactly. Or in this case, a bus buddy, because we just had to take a bus straight. Um, And then I would go to dance, and then I would go to this after school called Carmine. And then my dad would pick me up and take me home. From elementary school all the way to high school, Elon traveled to Manhattan. So I did kindergarten here in Brooklyn, and I did pre-K. But um, my mother, she's obsessed with school districts and things like that. And she just wanted the best education that she could get, especially if it was going to be a free education. She wanted to pay for private school and whatnot. But she was she was like, I really want my kids to be in districts. Uh, I think it was one, two or three because they apparently get the most money. It's weird, though, because it's like it doesn't feel like it was so long ago when I was in elementary school, but it was very long ago. It was very long ago. ago. I, started high, I started elementary school in 2001. Yeah, and same. I, at the time, I was the only one in Manhattan whenever I went to school, like out of the whole family. Once Elon's younger brother reached elementary school, they started traveling to the city together. By this point, Elon had her own routine going on, and her brother was just along for the ride. Some days, so I would meet one of my friends, like religiously, every day at J Street to go to school at 7.45. My mom would sometimes be like, oh, just take your brother to school. I 
we would sometimes get there before 7.45 and be like, all right, we gotta wait because we're meeting my friend. And he'd be like, but I want to go. And I'm like, nah. Sometimes they would fight on the subway platform. And they did this for a pretty long time. Their parents had no idea this was happening. Yeah, he was in like fifth or fourth grade around this time. I remember one day he had pissed me off for some reason. And we had ran into someone who I went to um, middle school with. Mm-hmm. We were like fighting on the platform. <laughs> like physically fighting. You and your brother? Me and my brother. <laughs> like stupid things like that. Like... But we, we would physically fight for the longest. Like, we before then, it would be we'd physically fight over the remote. Now, it was just it was stupid things like that. I would have to remove myself from him. Like, I'm too angry. And I'm like, at the time, I'm bigger than this child. I could actually hurt him. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was joking the other day, though. Like, my we wouldn't, we would never physically fight in front of her. Because we both knew. She'd beat both of our ass. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> if we fight in front of her, we're both losing. It's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> So there's no point. Mm -hmm. Whereas with my dad, it's different. Even when they weren't attending school, Ilan and her family found their reasons to go into the city. I think the biggest memory I have that was like, I don't want to say forced family time, but for lack of a better word, forced family time. My mom, for a few weekends, when our brother was like old enough, she would take us to different museums and be like, mostly the Met. And would take us to different rooms and just be like, all right, find a piece of work, sit down, redraw it. Her mom got them each their own sketchbook and they would spend their days redrawing art pieces. Um, things like that. I like high key mm-hmm. love that. My mother is very artistic. I'm very jealous. She's, my mother is artistic in the sense of she can create the art in her head. I'm the artistic in the sense of I should be a creative director. Mm. <laughs> Where it's like, I should dictate how the art is going, but I can't actually create the art. I can see it. So naturally, she wanted Elon and her brother to embrace their creativity. I like to say my parents are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Intuitive? Mm-hmm. Not intuitive, that's the wrong word. Innovative. That's the word she was looking for. For example, her brother used to write on the walls. He would write on the walls, and we had a white wall. So he would write on the walls, and with crayon, with a colorful crayon, and he would draw and everything. So I was like, all right. She would put paper on the wall that would be, like, his height, and be like, you can draw on this. He would still draw in between the papers. Right. But, you know, it helped a little bit. I remember at one point we had, he had taken a black crayon Ooh. and taken on the wall in the living room and just did a huge just scribble that was, like, the size of him at, like, two we had, and my mom was trying to get it out. Magic eraser just made it worse, so she just put a couch in front of it. <laughs> Even though their family found their reasons to go to the city, Brooklyn was always a kind of home base. They lived in several different places as a family, but all of those places were in Brooklyn. One exception, though. Ilan and her mom briefly lived in Harlem for two years before meeting her dad. We lived with my grandmother and my mother's oldest sister for about more than two years. I don't remember actually living in this house. I just know that there was a point where we were. Mm -hmm. And then we were living. Was she with your dad or dating your dad? I think they were dating at least at this point. And then we moved to Brooklyn after they were married. I don't remember my parents' wedding. Apparently I was the flower girl. I was too young to know. It was 97. Then we were living in on Carlton Avenue. We're in Fort Greene. We were living like kind of in a brownstone. You know how they have the brownstones where it's like there's the house on top and then the house on the bottom. Yeah. So we were on the bottom of that. And then my brother was born when I was four going on five. Or was I? No, I was five going on six. Um, And we moved to Emerson Place, which was right across the street from the Pratt Institute. Mm -hmm. So I would go through most of my like I guess formative years is that the proper yeah formative years I would go through Pratt calm campus just to get to school so you would go through Pratt take the B38 to get to the Calb or J Street Mm -hmm. and then take the train to go and then when we were coming home we would get out at J Street and catch the B54 to go home because it was closer but like it wasn't reliable in the morning we had to be someplace where the 38 was so then after that, 
we moved out of that place because if I remember correctly, they kept on changing landlords on us and kept on acting like we weren't paying rent when we were just like, we have the receipts. So my parents got tired of being taken to court for nonsense. And we moved into what is we in the neighborhood that we're in now, which is Crown Heights. And how old were you? I was in eighth grade when we moved here. It was here, like so 13, 14. No, either 12, 12 or 13. 13. Yeah, 12, 13 around there. I think I was 13. Yes, because it was right before December I started birthday. high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started high school at 13. Got it. Yeah, so we moved here in 2008. So we've been in this neighborhood for 10 years now. Jeez. And in 2015, they moved into the current place they're in now. But even though Elon didn't spend that much time in Brooklyn, she's learned a lot about the area in the decades she's been here. I like to say that the neighborhood is kind of separated in three ways. You have off of Franklin Avenue, a little bit in between Franklin. It's the gentrified area. Then you get to Nostrand. That's where all the West Indians are, the Caribbean people. And then... You go a little bit past Notion, more towards like New York Avenue, a little bit past there. And it gets like very, like around like Eastern Parkway area. It gets literally like Hasidic Jew-like. So it just depends on what avenue you're on and what type of people you're going to run into. And it's kind of just like a cesspool of everything. But um, Franklin was the first area that was like very gentrified. So when I would come home, I was not allowed to, I had to make sure I was coming out from Franklin Avenue if I was by myself. If I was with my mom and my dad, then we were able, I was able to get off at Notion if the A was coming. If she was by herself, she had to wait for the C train to drop her off at Franklin Avenue. The A and C trains run on the same line. The C train makes local stops, and the A train runs express. Nonetheless, the more time they lived in this neighborhood, the more comfortable she felt in it. And so um, then, um, as the years went by, Nostrand got a little bit, quote-unquote, saver. I mean, I still, I, because I just... Partially lazy and partially because I just want to, I don't feel comfortable because, you know, black female walking in the streets by herself, never a great thing <laughs> at night. Yeah. So um, sometimes I will, depending on how late it is, I will get off in Notion and I will still just take a cab, even though I live like 10 minutes tops walking from the train station. I just, I'll just, I'll call a cab and just, or Uber, whatever, mm-hmm. and take it home. But um, the reason why Notion, another reason why I, like, I ended up starting coming up with Notion also, or why I was allowed to be on Notion by myself afterwards because one, became an older adult. And two, um, we moved closer to Notion Avenue than we did to Franklin. Franklin is out of the way for me now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I can still go. My hairdresser's off Franklin, but um, Franklin is like a little bit out of the way. I feel like, based on the neighborhoods and how our apartments were set up and how the buildings were, it gave me an understanding of the change of like, economy mm-hmm. and how it was affecting my family the first house we lived in i remember i was saying we lived in like a brownstone type of house because you know you pass them and you always see it's like, it was one of those neighborhoods like you know when you walk down fort green you see all these like houses and it's like some of them are separated where it's like the top floor the top like, if you go up the stairs it's one apartment if you go like in that gate door on the side of the stairs it's another one so we were in one of those at first and when my brother was born, we moved to a building that had a gate. You can had a special doorbell and things like that. And it was like right across the street from a park. And I had like a huge window that I had a bookshelf on, had a lot of natural light coming into the house. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is where we live at. This is normal. We had like, it was like a gate. And that's, I remember one time I had to climb over it because my dad forgot his keys <laughs> to yeah, get him. Yeah. At least he forgot the front door key. So I had like climbed. Yeah, I think, yeah, I had climbed over it. And then we moved to this neighborhood. There was no gate. We only had like a door and things like that. And I was just like, there was no elevator, which is stairs that looked very old. We had like first lived in like one of those like newly gentrified buildings. And I was just like, huh. Mm-hmm. My room had gotten small and I was just like, that's different. Huh. So this is where we are now. Like it seemed like more of a downgrade than mm-hmm. an upgrade. And then this one, the apartment that we're in now, I feel like was a, like definitely more of an upgrade in a way from our old apartment because it's definitely significantly bigger. My room is the biggest that it has ever been since I was very little. It just has no windows, which sucks. And we're in a basement, which also sucks. Um, and I definitely, this has been the apartment, even though it's like been bigger, it's the apartment I've hated the most. Hmm. Only because it's like I'm used to at least getting some light. Being yeah. able to see how, like, the date. Like, I just, I have to go into the kitchen, but it's still, like, small windows. 
Not a fan. Their first apartment here in Crown Heights, the one off Franklin Avenue, was the place Elon lived in until she went off to college. For her final years in public school, she attended New Exploration High School. The official name is New Explorations in Science, Technology, and Math. Students called it Nest Plus M. When Elon told me this, I was actually kind of surprised because I definitely pinned her as more of the artsy type of student. Ooh, a mm-hmm. STEM high school for yeah. Elon? Wait, I so don't So that. here's what's funny. I was really good at math and science from fifth to eighth grade. Before that, I hated math. I was okay with science, but I barely, like, science was cool, but I never really understood it. I was kind of just there. Um, but my elementary school was cool in that we used to be able to go to, because we were right by the Hudson River. So, like, I learned how to do pH balances and, like, do the pH sticks because we would test the pH of the Hudson River. That was, like, the most sciencey thing we got. And I didn't really start really learning science, science until about middle school. I was definitely convinced, like, I'm going to be a doctor. I liked, in eighth grade, I decided, like, I want to be a hematologist. I was, for some reason, obsessed with blood. And I was, I've always had an interest in like diseases, mostly because I watched House growing up. Oh, okay. So, and then it was like we had done something in school, in like a some type of school experiment or the class experience in my biology class, and I was like, I want to learn more about blood. I like blood. Like fuck me up, blood. Let's go. And <laughs> I was so obsessed with diseases. Actually, do I still have this book? Hold on. Wait, let me see. Ooh, um, physical. Yes. So I was so obsessed with diseases that when I was. I forget how old I was, but one of our neighbors had gifted me with a book about diseases. (laughs) I never read the full thing through, but, like, for some reason, diseases always fascinated me. Like, just how the human body could just, like, and it still does. Like, diseases, disorders, it still interests me because I'm kind of just like, how does this happen? Mm -hmm. Like, this is crazy. It's like, shit, like, this happens where your body just decides, nah, fam, I'm not gonna, like work quote-unquote normally she was also obsessed with the tv show house which she says explains her fascination for hematology i i, I think it was mostly because i was obsessed with house but then was this an interest you had in middle school and high school or this was, was an interest i had since i was like eight God bless. <laughs> like i had been watching house since i was like eight i had gotten gifted one year the first and second season on dvd like I was obsessed, all right? I wanted, because that's what I thought being a doctor would be like, and I was like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But my brain did not fathom, like, Elon, in order to get there, you need to understand the basics of everything. I have this issue where it's like, I will always have an interest in something, but then I start learning the basics, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to do it. I don't like it. This is boring. It's like, oh, this is what I thought it was going to be. So, that's um, get to high school, and I, my advancements end up being, uh, hurt end up hurting me in new york city we have regent requirements they're sort of like state tests but for high schoolers and if you were lucky and went to an advanced middle school sometimes you got the opportunity to take those classes and those exams early it was like a head start before you even started high school Elon completed her algebra and biology regents before ninth grade so how my high school setup though was usually you were if you were a freshman you would take physics and algebra one together Mm-hmm. But I had already finished my algebra one reason, so I had no reason physics. to take algebra. So I took physics and geometry together. Uh huh. They didn't work out, and I was basically failing both classes because I was just oh. like, y'all don't, y'all don't sync up. I don't know what's happening. By the time junior year came around, she did not want to be a doctor anymore. When I got to junior year, I was like, I don't think I can be a doctor, mommy. Like I, I'm not good at math and science. She was like, all right, well, you're good at languages. Because I was, like, killing my Chinese class. Like, she was just like, languages? You're pretty good at it. And I was like, because I would constantly watch anime, like, I could pick up a few, like, Japanese, like, phrases. And, like, I knew Spanish from her or, like, little bits of it. She was like, why don't I just be a translator? And I was like, fuck it, be a translator. Or just, like, start studying languages, doing linguistics. But then my dumbass, because of the research I did, I realized, like, oh, in order for me to be a translator... And be most the most successful translator because you know when you come from a POC family, it's like if you're gonna do a thing that's away from math and science, you need to do the thing where you are the best. In her head, if she wanted to study languages and be a translator, 
the best career option that optimized both of those skills was a diplomat. That's how that's how it worked in my head. I was like, all right, I want to study languages. I want to make languages a thing for my education. That means I need to start studying political science and I need to go to the best poli-sci school I can find. She applied early decision to American University and she got in. America ended up being the best on paper. Did your parents go to college? They did. I don't think my dad finished. I think my mom did though. We don't really, we didn't really talk about college, honestly. But I was just kind of like, nah, I need to be in DC because that's where all the politics are happening and that's where I need to be. You guys didn't talk about college much, but you knew that like going, that like after high school you were going to college. Was exactly. Was ever like a, like, oh, do I want to? Or it was just like, no, it was like, you're going. You're, you were going to college right after. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, I had like, because I have this weird thing where it's like, I'm, I believe there's a difference between being an overachiever and being like intellectual in the sense of, I feel like I'm a overachiever in that when I want to do something for the most part, I would do, I would try to get it done as early as possible. I'll get as much information as I can on it before I pursue it and try and like make a set plan for everything. So like summer of junior year I start like summer after junior year started I started my college applications wow in addition to starting her college applications as quickly as possible she made sure she took AP classes because AP credits could be used towards her degree in my head I know college is expensive so I need to get credits to go towards college so that it's less expensive for my household At the time, Elon thought she had somewhat of an idea of what she was getting into. Sure, she was going to move to D.C., this new place, and pursue a career path she hadn't really thought about before junior year, but this was the path she was on now. But that's the thing about going somewhere new. What you expect it to be, and what it ends up being, can be totally different. Elon was comfortable in New York. It was familiar. She had Manhattan, and she had Brooklyn, and she had her family and her friends. And when you're around what you know, you're convinced that you know a lot. Or at least if you don't know a lot, you know enough. Enough to navigate and understand the rest of the world around you. But in D.C., where she was bound to go, she didn't know much. It was all unfamiliar. And when things are unfamiliar, they can also get a little uncomfortable. And when things are unfamiliar and uncomfortable, there's a lot to learn before things can get familiar and comfortable again. I definitely feel like this is my home. It's just... This meaning New York City or this like meaning this physical room or apartment? New York City has definitely felt like my home. Coming up after the break, Elon starts her journey at American University. And it's an interesting start. This episode of Back Home is brought to you by My Patients for the MTA. Please don't misunderstand me. This podcast is not sponsored at all. But in order to make this show possible, I definitely had to put in a lot of commuter hours. The great thing about commutes, though, is that it's great for listening to podcasts. So if you like this episode and you like the show, make sure to share it with your friends and family. If you're feeling super generous, you can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Also, feel free to email me your thoughts about the show at thebackhomepodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe next time I'm on the subway, I can look over my shoulder and I'll see a fellow passenger listening to the Back Home Podcast. That would be actually pretty cool. Now, without further ado, back to the episode. One of the most difficult things about going away for school is keeping in contact with people from back home. 
It's a skill, and it takes time to master it. It also takes a lot of effort. One of the good things about growing up in New York City and going to school in New York City is that going to a school different from your friend is kind of normal. It happens a lot. Elon and her partner Isaiah have known each other since sixth grade, but from seventh to twelfth grade, they were in different schools. They met each other through their mutual friend Elon. Yeah, you heard me. Their mutual friend was also named Elon. They called him Boy Elon. And our Elon, the Elon for this episode, they called her Girl Elon. The dynamic was actually amazing. Like, we were the three musketeers. I'm talking, you kind of came into the circle knowing, like, either you're going to be chill or you're going to get out. We kind of just were really happy-go-lucky as kids. You know, manhunt, ice cream after school, things like that. When they started going to separate schools, they used social media to keep in touch. Luckily, I think around the time of seventh grade is when Facebook started getting popular with everyone. So it was kind of easy to to keep those connections. And once you actually got to high school, I guess the city kids got more freedom to do some things. So you were it was easy to catch up with somebody like in Columbus Circle or by Central Park or Chinatown for this or that. So I guess for me personally, it wasn't too difficult. It was just about knowing who you really wanted to like hang out with afterward. When it was time for both of them to go away for college, they decided to continue their relationship, even though they were not going to be at the same school. They weren't even going to be in the same states. They both, however, were going to study political science. Isaiah would study political science at SUNY Albany, and Elon would study poli-sci at American University. No one really explains how college works to people, to kids, or they're like, yeah, pre-college people, like high schoolers, no one really explains the correct way of how college works. The difficult thing about applying to college is that you're in high school at the same time. Between juggling classes, writing supplements for the Common App, and applying for scholarships, it's difficult to remember every piece of information you're told. It's hard to think so far in the future when you have so much on your plate in front of you at the time. However, in the midst of it all, Elon tried to set goals for herself. Before she was even in DC, she had a plan. In my head, I was just like, I want to know five languages before I graduate college, and if I can find a way, I want to know how to do sign language for all of those languages on top of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I was determined. But then, what is it called? Fucking gen eds fucked me up. I was just like, what do you mean I got to take gen eds? I just came from high school and took all this. What do you mean I take a math assignment? I'm here to, I'm paying you for a major for what I want to know, for what I want to learn and get a degree in. Why the fuck am I still taking math? Why do I still need to take a science? Why do I still need to take a writing class? When none of this has... Why am I not just only in classes that have to do with the major that I am paying you to be here for? And no one explained that concept to me. I was in shock. I was so angry. I was like, what do you mean I'm taking a math placement test? I thought we were done with that. Yeah, like it was just one of those things. Yeah. But, like, that fucked me up. So I was like, all right, so I need to be a translator, but I need to be a diplomat in order to be a translator because that's the only way I'm really going to make this money. She didn't know any of this before she went to American. So I asked her, when she found all of this information out, how long did her goals to be a diplomat and a poli-sci major last? A semester. political science was not as interesting or engaging as she thought it was going to be. On top of that, American University was not what she thought it was going to be. At first, there were a lot of complaints about like the quality of the school versus how much money she was paying for it. Um, but I didn't really take that, you know... That's like every college student. Exactly. Like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm paying for a degree. That's like everybody. So what was like the outliers? The outliers had to be when she was really starting to think about transferring schools, which was 
interesting to me because when she first went there it seemed like that was like the end all be all like once she got there she was set forever um and then she started really considering maybe less than a year and like i'm gonna start transferring and it was about the people there it was about like how she was being treated in terms of just you know just trying to live her life life in general was just different for Elon at american nothing was familiar and she didn't feel comfortable it wasn't just about the classes and the curriculum. It was the space, you know? It was the people and the surroundings, and it was more unfamiliar than she anticipated. Like, I felt like even though it was going to be a predominantly white school, that I would be fine. But what I did not realize, because I was used to being in that environment for the most part, like, I feel like my elementary school experience was very predominantly white. The reason why my middle school experience was also very shocking, at least for the second middle school I went to, um, was because like I had gone to mostly white schools and I was finally in a school where it was like mostly black. Mm-hmm. And it freaked me out because I was just like, I've never been in this situation. I don't know how to act because I quote unquote act white. Mm-hmm. So then um, high school was different because there were a lot of white kids in my school, but not in my grade. But, like, it never registered to me, like, when you leave New York City, how lack of diversity there is and how, like, little black people you will see. It's jarring. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought I could handle it because I was just like, eh, I've been around mostly white people before. I'll be fine. Not the case. So. I'll be fine. Because it's different yeah. between being around, like, white children and Ooh. being around white adults. It's just there's something very different when you are a non-white person being around that. So that was unfamiliar, but she tried to manage. She got a friend group, but this friend group wasn't really that friendly. Elon had to learn that just because people say they're your friends doesn't mean they're your friends. Long story short, they acted one way to her face and a different way behind her back. One moment that really convinced Elon of this fact was when Isaiah came up to visit her. So the first red flag I should have caught on where it's just like they really did not care about who I was and I did not, they shouldn't have really, like I shouldn't have cared about my friends or that I shouldn't have called them friends. I should have just tried to branch out to other people was during the week after spring break when Isaiah was visiting me because our breaks were a week, week difference. My break was the week before his. So I think I had gone visit him for a little bit and then we both came back down in between and then he came back with me to my school in DC for the rest of his break. So I had been telling my friends like, yeah, I'm dating this guy, it's really cool. And there was this gay bar called um, Town that was the only bar we were able to, like club that we were able to go into because it was the only club around that was accepting like 18 plus. And so um, it was only on Saturday night. So I was like, hey, because we had such a good time. I was like, hey, when Isaiah comes down, we should go. It's going to be really fun. He's going to enjoy it. And, you know, I just want to show him. I want to show my boyfriend a good time. You know, let's go hang out. And they were like, oh, my God, yes, we should definitely go. Let's bring him. Da, da, da. And I was like, great, it's going to be fun. So then he finally comes down there and the night comes where it's like it's only night. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, what? we're actually kind of tired. I was just like, yeah, so, you know, just, just text me when you guys decide what you're going to do. Since we're going to dinner, just let me know. They said they would text me around like 8 or like 7, 8. It's like 8, 8.30 now at this point. It's like no one texted me what's going on. So I finally texted them. I was like, so did you all decide where you were going? And they're like, oh my God, Lonnie, we forgot to text you. We're actually in this. I broke down crying. I was pissed, angry, and felt betrayed because I was just like, I thought you guys were my friends. How, if you were my friend, how do you, how do you remember to invite everybody back? but me. And we can be fair, this could have been an honest mistake. But instances like this, instances of leaving her out, just kept on happening. It became clear to her that they really didn't want her to be around. Like my time in DC, I learned how to be comfortable with being by myself, but I didn't like it. I spent a lot of time in museums like a lot when I could afford to like take the train down there but like I spent a lot of time in museums I took a lot of walks museums were just like my safe space to go to when I had the money and the time were you what kind of did you just 
were there any kind of different activities you did in the museum? Like as a kid, you like would just, your mom would make you just draw whatever you saw. Yeah, she would just make us draw whatever we saw. So what would you do as you were a little bit older? What'd you do on your like solo trips to the museum? I would actually try and read the descriptions. Mm-hmm. I never read the descriptions as a kid. I was just like, oh, this looks cool. But I would try to read the descriptions, look at what I saw. I remember a few times I would go to by myself to the museum and try to redo that where I would try to redraw something when I was trying to like focus more on like my actual drawing. That lasted for like maybe a week or two. Yeah. But like I just I don't I prefer being with people. I don't like having I don't like being by myself. Being by myself is for times when I do laundry. That's the only time laundry and yoga. Those are the only times where I'm just like I'm okay with being by myself. Otherwise, all other activities I would rather be with a person. So she had to be by herself more and that made her uncomfortable too. But she had to make do. One thing was clear. As Elon was trying to adjust to being in D.C., she missed home. She looked forward to coming back whenever she got the chance. She remembers the first time she visited home after going away. It was a lot of relief because I was not happy about where I was. I was ready to come home and then I also packed as if I was going home for like three days. I packed as if I was going for a month and just carried a whole lot of shit that I did not need, including my skateboard. Why? I don't know. I have a like picture of it on Instagram in like my archive right now about when I popped in like going home. It's lit. But I had actually too much stuff. I thought I was going to be doing so much more. But then I forgot like a lot of my friends are not going to be home at the same time. I think I was going for it. And I think I was really going for my own to do my hair at some point. But... It, it was really just, I was heading home because I was trying to just hop. It was like the first real break that we had. And I was just like, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. I'm not staying here for three days. Not by myself. I'm good. I want to be home. Home was familiar. And at home, things were comfortable. And she knew what she was getting when she got there. There were no surprises. There were no unexpected turn of events. During this time, I really missed my parents. Which was weird. Why was it weird? Because I don't normally miss them. Like, before I went away for school, I wasn't really, like, missing them when I was away for a few days. It was more like, I'm gonna see y'all later, it's fine. Whereas when I was in D.C., I was like, I miss my parents. This is weird. Like, I want to, like, I want to see my mother. I want to see my dad. Hell, I even want to see my brother. What is this feeling? I've been trying to get the hell out of this house and now I want to see you guys. And mind you, when you're leaving for college, if you're doing it like the Genome? yes, the traditional way, mm-hmm. it's right after your like annoying teen phase where you just want to get the hell away from home. So you're just like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out. My freedom, da, da, da. You get out, you finally get in. You're just like, I miss my parents. Missing her family wasn't the only new thing Elon was feeling while in D.C., When you're uncomfortable in spaces, you try to figure out what makes you uncomfortable. It's the first step of trying to feel better and more adjusted. Before she left for school, Elon knew college was expensive. But now, now that she was there, she really understood that college was expensive. I got my first actual job at American. That's how I started with Starbucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did you consider doing work studies? You were just like, you just decided to go with the off-campus I gig. did work study, but it wasn't paying me enough. She needed more money for survival. Yeah. So, and then they also made us like pay for our laundry? What? So it's like we had this thing called Eagle Bucks. I literally have tons of, I was like, do I want to use this on food? Because it's like there were some restaurants that would take them. Mm-hmm. Or do I want to use it on laundry to get my clothes clean? I don't smell. Were you often making these kind of like and or decisions when yeah. it came to your finances a lot? Mm-hmm. Because I was afraid to ask my parents for money. Why? Because I was slowly realizing like, oh, hey, we don't have money like that to just be thrown at me. And it's like even in high school, like I would get like 20 bucks for lunch and I would make that $20 last all week. I just in general, I just feel bad asking people for things. It's something I need to work on and I'm still working on. But, like, asking for help in general is something I have difficulty with. Because I'm kind of just, like, I if I can find out a way to do it by myself without asking for help, I'm going to do it that way. So, like, I just, I just did not 
I got a job because I was like, I'm going to get a job so I don't have to ask my parents for money all the time because life is expensive here. But yeah, I, but I also just, this was during the time where when I first, when I got my first job, I was unaware of how paychecks work. I realized now that I was getting paid bi-weekly, but until then I had, I didn't have direct deposit. I would Mm. wait for my checks to come in. But I realized now that like, oh, I was getting paid bi-weekly, which sucks. Um, And most of it would go to like groceries and I would still be broke and I would just go to class and then go to work and then go to class and then go to work and did nothing. Between going to work and going to class, she was also trying to figure out how to transfer out of American. Elon wasn't going to be a political science major anymore. And once she realized this, it just kind of clicked. If she wasn't going to be a poli-sci major, she didn't need to be in D.C. anymore. I no longer want to be a diplomat. So I was like, oh, I can be back home. There's nothing. D.C. isn't going to do anything for me here. That New York can't do. Exactly. Especially because I was going, I was going more towards like the art field. I was like, I need to be back home. After some time, she decided on graphic design. Even though being in D.C. was a challenge for her, Elon was learning things that she didn't know before she left for school. In the two years she spent at American University, her comfort levels were tested. But while she was working through these challenges, she discovered things about herself that she might have not discovered if she was back home. In New York, in Brooklyn, in Manhattan, in a place where everything was familiar and comfortable. After her sophomore year at American, Elon returns home. She returns to Brooklyn. She's back where things are familiar and comfortable again. But this is the thing. After returning from something like that, you're not the same. Even though you were uncomfortable, your comfort levels change a little bit. When returning to something familiar, after being in a place that was so unfamiliar, you're a little different. Elon was different. You could see it. Others around her could see it. Well, I think that she's more in her element. I think it's easier to, well, she, you know, she wants to be an artist. She wants to do things in the creative world, and I think it's easier to do that when you're around you're an area that you like and appreciate, when you're around people who appreciate you and like you, when you can find those like-minded people instead of being put in a place where you're, you're supposed to create, you know, with people who you don't really bangs it like that, you know? Like, I think when she's here, she has more of a control with how she expresses herself. Whereas there was... And she tells me this sometimes, like, when you're asked to do something for a grade, when you're asked to do something that you don't like to do, when you're asked to do something with people that you don't really like to be with, it's harder to do everything. And here I feel like it's kind of a breath of fresh air, if you will. In what ways does that kind of show? Sometimes we'll be talking for a day and then she'll just say, or like if she has a day off, she'll just say, I'm going to get my stuff, I'm going to go here, I'm going to write. Or I'm going to get myself, I'm going to go here, I'm going to draw. And that's something, and it's always a different place, you know, a place that she discovered while she was exploring or something like that. But that kind of freedom that she has to work in, like, her spaces, I feel like that she finds for herself, like, that's one way that I see it. Another way is that she finds a lot of like-minded people, like, even her friends from back home, like, she has a friend named Imani, they do work together. She seems more out there more social she goes out more she just does a lot that whereas she was more shut in when she was at school she's here and she's more you know bursting out and i like that even though she lives back home with her parents elon still has plans to move forward and move out her time in dc was hard and if you ask her she would 10 out of 10 not recommend going to american university but Even though her time in D.C. was pretty crappy, there was something about being away from home. Something about that moment. Something about that period in time 
that she keeps thinking back to. Elon and I are actually in similar places. We live with our parents now, but the experience of going away, it changes you. I've had a taste of that freedom. Why are we the same person like, right now? Like, like, that's the, like, that's the thing about going away. You're like, I was able to do X, Y, and Z because I feel like college, in a way, is like a bubble. Like, it's adulting, but like a watered-down adulting. Mm-hmm. You know, like, technically, your rent's already paid for. Yeah. And so is all your food. Yeah. You yeah. know? But like, also, you can dip whenever you want. Exactly. And like, you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. when you want it. And it's like, whatever you do with your day is up to you. Um, and like, you can just... It's just like that independence, mm-hmm. that taste. It's it's so um, addictive. Like, I feel like if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be feeling the same way as I do now. Even though before I left for college, I was really just trying to get the hell out of my house. Like, when I thought about college, I was like, I'm going away. I'm leaving. I'm living out of my, on my own. I'm getting out of the city. But, um... I just, I think I just want to get back to that part point where I'm just like, I can just do what's in my mind and just do it. Get home whenever I want. Leave my house whenever I want. Without like worrying like, oh, let me make sure I check in. That time away from home was uncomfortable. And when you're uncomfortable, all you want is to be comfortable again. But what comfortable means to Elon is different now. I think I just define home as where I feel comfortable, honestly, just where I feel comfortable being myself, chilling, doing my thing, where I have space to just be to myself, but also have space where it's like if I want to invite people in that's okay too but I can easily just be like hey y'all you gotta get you gotta go now you gotta get out bye I need to be by myself I feel like that's how I define my home in that like in my home I can be by myself have my my time but also just be like hey hi we can be social and cool but then when I'm ready for y'all to go bye nice so that's how I would define it for me right now Cool, yeah. Yeah.